So Rila means in English, one translator translated rancor, rancor, malice, spite, ill will, burning, burning hostility and enmity that a person has for another human being, that is called Rila. You may call it Chir. Or Chir is a bit weak, it should be something stronger than that. Alright? So this is called Rila in Arabic. So Imam Malud Rimulatala said that Ghil, oh you who seek its understanding and clarification as to what is Ghil, so he said that Ghil rancor is when the heart is bound to treachery, betrayal, or some trickery. And the not binding that treachery, betrayal, or trickery to the heart is resentful malice. So rancor, resentful malice means that a person wants to do something bad to someone, or they want to betray someone, or they want to harm someone. They have some enmity towards someone. Treachery, betrayal, and trickery. And that's tied in their heart. It's become the condition and state of their heart. It's like a knot, and they can't let go of it. Randomly, they have this feeling. Inside Salah, they can have ghil. They can be standing and praying to us when they can have ghil. They can be in a different country than that person. They can be remembering them, have guilt. It's a feeling in their heart. It doesn't go. It doesn't leave their heart. It doesn't leave their heart. This is called him. So then Imam Malud, he would give uh, cures also. He would mention the word, then describe, define the illness and or its symptoms. And then the next thing he does is he mentions briefly its cure. So cure of that is what? Show kindness towards the object of your ghil, the object of your malice, rancor, resentment, and then you will cause your enemies to despair. Keep also in mind the forgiveness that Allah that uh, Nabi Kareem sallallahu mentioned in hadith that is promised on Mondays and Thursdays. Actually there is a sahih hadith in which Nabi Kareem sallallahu mentioned that the angels bring the glad tidings of forgiveness to the believers on Mondays and Thursdays. And this is why when Nabiya Kareem learned of this, he started fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. So many of you would know that's also a sunnah to do nafil fast, but nafil fast established from the sunnah to establish on Mondays and Thursdays. Now, let's look at Quran al-Kareem, where Allah subhanahu wa has mentioned this word. First, Allah SWT taught us to make a dua. رَبَّنَا اغْفِرْ لَنَا وَلَيْفَانِنَ الَّذِينَ سَبَقُونَ بِالْإِيمَانَ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُ رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ رَوْفُ الرَّهِينَ So Allah SWT, first we ask Allah, you forgive us and forgive all of our brethren who have passed us in Iman, all the mu'minin who have passed away already before us. But the part here was, And don't put in our hearts, again it's a proof from Quran, this is an element of the heart. And Allah talks about this, These are things that lie in the heart. Allah don't place in our spiritual heart, That the mean here will be that don't place any drop of ghil. Don't put any resentful malice, spite, hatred, lilladina amanu for anyone who has iman. Rabbana innaka raufur rahim. That O Arab, you, you are rauf and you are rahim. What does it mean? We want to be like that. Rauf and rahim are two of the names used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
that Allah has used in Quran for Ghayrullah. Particularly in this case for Nabi Kareem Sunnah, not this ayah, but yeah, in the case of these two Sifati names, for Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi What it means is that the way to remove Ghil, which is the Ishal of giving by teaching us this dua, is to be Ra'uf and Rahim with others. So Ra'uf means to be kind and gentle, compassionate, overlooking. To be so kind and overlooking. So a good example of this is that mothers are normally Ra'uf with their children. That doting mother, she overlooks the faults and flaws of her children. Right? When she does that, that's what's called roof. And Rahim means to be merciful, to show mercy to them, which means to forgive them for their mistakes or to look at their good points instead. See, when we want, what do we want Allah Taala to do for us on the Day of Judgment? We want Allah Taala to send His Maghfirah and Rahmah. Maghfirah means we want Allah Taala to forgive and overlook our sins, and Rahmah means we want Him to look at our good aspects. Look at the good in us. In other words, we want Allah Ta'ala ignore what we did 11 months of the year. Look at this Ramadan. Yeah? Look at these fasts and look at this Taraweeh and look at this Salah and look at me going to the Masjid. Out of your Maghfara, forget all the rest and out of your Rahmah, accept this. Right? So that's how you have to be with other people. You have to forgive them their shortcomings and flaws and accept the good that Allah has placed in them. Then the malice will go away. Because no human being is going to be 100% evil. And there must be some evil, let's say, even if it's quote-unquote justifiable hill, so there is some evil in them, some wrong in them, some sin in them, some flaw in them, due to which you have a hill, due to which you have this anger, ran- anger, rancor, and malice. You have to be ra'uf, be gentle and kind and compassionate with them. This is why Imam Al-Mulud said, show kindness towards the object of your rancor. And you will cause your enemies to despair. What does it mean? They will be worried. They will be distressed when you don't return their enmity and hostility. When instead you were ra'uf, kind and gentle to them. Then, so this was a dua. Then another, this was Surah Al-Hashr, Surah 59, verse 10. And then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned one of the attributes that people will have in Jannah, so what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah will do the whole passage. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَا نُقَلِّفُ النَّفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْأَهَا So those who have iman and do righteous deeds and virtuous acts, Allah says, we do not make any soul, any person responsible except for that which they are capable of. This you all know. لَا نُقَلَّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا أُولَاكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ So those who have iman and those who do a'mal al-salih, within their wusa, they will become ashabu jannah They will become the companions and inhabitants of jannah. And they will live there forever. And we will remove entirely, lift away entirely whatever lies in their breasts, and their breasts from malice and anger. So, what does it mean? 
So they were people of Iman. They didn't do Amal Saleh, but they still had ilm. They still had ilm. So because of their Iman and Amal, Allah Ta'ala will make them enter Jannah. And then, or possibly in Yom Al-Qiyamah prior, prior to them entering Jannah, or inside Jannah, Allah Ta'ala will remove any and all available that they have. So two things we learn here, that it's possible that even with Iman and Amal, a person can still have some of these sins inside. That was the third level then that the ulama Mashaikh mentioned, Ikhlas. Ikhlas means that okay, I have Iman, I have Amal, I do Ibadah, I pray, I fast, I have to now have purity. Ikhlas is also Khulus, purity and sincerity. And this is one of the things I have to purify myself of. And the second thing we learn here, that it's a Sifat, an attribute of the people of Jannah, that they will not have this feeling in their breasts at all. That means that if in this world, and this is another thing that whenever Allah Ta'ala mentions the sifat of the Ahl Jannah, whether in the Quran or Imam, or Imam Muslim in particular has a bab on the sifat of the, of the people of Jannah, if I remember correctly, so we should try to develop those attributes in ourselves. Because that's the purpose. That's what it means. It doesn't mean of course. Uh, and that's not what it means. Huh? <laughs> to be a person of Jannah in this world means to remove the hill, to remove, to have those attributes of purity. Attributes of purity. All right. The beginning of hill. So, you see, Ghil is like related to Ujur and Hasad. So, some ulama, they say, obviously, that it's, you know, Ajib, Iblis gets a lot of blame for everything. They say, first Ujur Iblis, first Hasad Iblis, first Kibr Iblis, first Akabar Iblis, first Ghil Iblis. Right? And it's probably true, because all these things are entered, this is a whole category of sin. This is a group of sin. And very quickly one follows the other. Sometimes you might get the hasad first, the envy first. And then not only do you envy the person, you start feeling real for them. You start feeling rancor, malice, hatred for them. It might be that for some reason you started hating them first. If you start hating them first and you find out something good happened to them, or they got something, you start feeling envy for them. Very related to each other. Sometimes the reason you felt envy was Ujub because you thought yourself to be something. So that led to the Hasad. The Ujub led to the Hasad. The Hasad led to the Hill. Maybe the Ujub led to the Hill. The Hill led to the Hasad. Hmm? These things are all interrelated to each other. So you can just think like, just like Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu had so many multiple sifat that were pure and noble and virtuous. Iblis has multiple sifat that are vice and sin. So to make it to Jannah, it's not just one. To make it to Jannah, a person needs a multiple good attributes in their heart. And it's not just one thing to protect yourself from. There are many, many attributes in the heart that can lead a person into the fire of Jannah. So the cure, one cure that Imam Malud Rambalakala mentioned was to be kind. 
supposed to be kind. Another keyword that is mentioned by Ulama Nashai is to be to make dua, to make dua for the person. And the more dua you make for that person, dua khair, dua hidayah, dua makbira, then the less anger and rank you will have. And if you have a lot of hatred, you have to make a lot of dua. If you have strong hatred, you have to make strong dua. The strong dua will be Allah grant them jannatul firdaus, grant them jannatul firdaus, salat isab, grant them every bounty blessing in this world. Oh, strong duas. That will wear away at your zil. Then another place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put on the So the second one that we had done that was Surah Al-Araf, Surah number 7, verses 42 to 43. Then another place in Quran Allah subhanahu wa mentions again uh, Surah Al-Hijr, which is Surah 15. This is a passage around verses 45 to 50. But in the middle in verse 47, وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنْ غِلٍ إِخْوَانًا عَلَى صُرِّمْ مُتَقَابِلِينَ So Allah is mentioning the people of Jannah. Let me go back to 45. إِنَّا مُتَّقِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَعِيُونَ That indeed the people of Taqwa, they will be in gardens and have springs of water. أُدْخُلُوا بِسَلَامٍ آمِنِينَ And they will enter. أُدْخُلُوهَا بِسَلَامٍ آمِنِينَ Oh, they will be told to enter that Jannah. With salam, with peace and security and safety and greetings from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Aminin in complete aman, in complete uh, trust. Manazana maafi sudurihim min ghillin, and we will take away and remove whatsoever is left of a ghill in their breast. So before the eye was about Allahina amalu amal salihat and there was this eye is about muttaqin. Even muttaqin can have real. Right? Yeah. Even muttaqin. Inna muttaqina fi jannati uyun. Then skipping an ayah and later in the passage, when azana ma fi sudurihim min ghillin, and then when we take out of the sudurim, remove the ghill that's in their breast, what will they become? Ikhwanan, they will be like brethren, fellows to each other. Allah Surah Mutakabilin, they will be sitting on thrones or sofas facing each other. Mutakabilin, they will now face each other with love in Jannah. So again, attribute of people of Jannah, that hill will be removed. And notion here is that even if Mutakin have a hill from each other, what do they do? They take opposite directions. They turn away from each other, they stay away from each other. Hmm? There has been in history some episodes like that. Most famous, fair, I don't know, most famous but well known uh, incident of Imam Bukhari, that unfortunately, due to, let's say, some misunderstandings, uh, there were some Muhaddisbin in his time who disliked him. They, they are also Muttaqeen. Imam Bukhari was also Muttaqeen. And they totally stayed away from each other. So in Jannah, inshallah, we put them all together and then put them and put them on sofas and thrones and have them facing each other. Hmm? So this is the way of Allah subhanahu wa This is the way of Allah subhanahu wa But we should try 
that we should try to remove the ghil in our hearts now. Next Imam Mulud ibn Ta'ala in verses of his poem, poem, poem verses 145 to 149, talks about Takhar. Takhar is again not normally because earlier we had done the major one, Hassan and, and Ujub and Takabar. Takhar is what's called proudful boasting. It's now, it's from the same, it's from the, that second category of Kibar, Takabar, Ujub. Alright. So he says, boasting is counted amongst these peculiarities, any of the illnesses of the heart. It is defined as your praising yourself for your good qualities. And it's Alhamdulillah, all praises to Allah, including for any good qualities that we may have, all praises to Allah. Here it's, it's defined as your praising yourself for your good qualities. Then he says that you should deem its mountain as insignificant, by which I mean arrogance. So the notion is that it starts as Akhr or Ujub, and then it goes up all the way to Kibr. All the way to Kibr. Do this if you desire to desire it to collapse to the ground. If you want to collapse the mountain of your arrogance to the ground. How the cure? So do that by knowing your rub and by knowing yourself. For whoever knows these two is humbled and feels insignificant. What he means by that if you know your rub, so your rub is Al Aziz, Al Azim, Al Akbar, Al A'la, so you read that I have no heights. How am I raising myself up to some height or thinking highly of myself when Allah Ta'ala is Al Alim most high, most exalted? The more you exalt and glorify Allah Ta'ala, Subhanallah, Allahu Akbar, the more you feel those, the meanings of those words, the more you will exalt Allah Ta'ala. And then know yourself means that no, you are just an abd, you are a slave. You are a slave, you are needy. You are created from just a drop. You will return to the earth and then be resurrected and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says that the deep thing he says here, the station of arrogance negates the station of gratitude. What does it mean? He means that anybody who has kibber or fakhr in them, then they don't do shukr to Allah Subhanahu Because remember how to praising oneself for one's good qualities. Shukr means to praise Allah Ta'ala for any good qualities a person has. So when a person has this, they don't do shukr. They don't do shukr to Allah Subhanahu And the danger is when a person doesn't do shukr for any quality or skill, then they may use that quality or skill in the disobedience of Allah But when you do shukr of it, and feel that it came, was granted to you from Allah Ta'ala, then you use it in obedience and sharia compliance. Right? And he says, just as humility, adz or tawadu, by its nature, engenders shukr. So arrogance eliminates shukr, and humility naturally gives rise to shukr. The more humble a person is, the more appreciative and grateful they will be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said that avoid and beware of humiliation 
avoid and beware of humiliation and subjugating yourself. What he means here is subjugating yourself to the people who have the dunya. And rather, when you are with the affluent, the rich and wealthy of the dunya, or with the arrogant ones, you must display your dignity. So the notion here, what he's talking about is zul and zillah versus izzah. So humility doesn't mean that you don't carry yourself with your own self-respect and dignity. And that's all the more important when you are dealing with those who themselves are either arrogant or you're dealing with those who are wealthy. You must maintain your self-respect and dignity and not lower yourself deeply. Then in Quran Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this word also in Quran. That don't walk on this earth in a boastful swagger. I think you say, Don't walk on this earth as if you own it. Don't walk on this earth as if you are a master. In Allah, la yuhibbu that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not love muqtal is what means arrogant fakhur boastful so from fakh to fakhur it's an intensive form because Allah ta'ala can never ever love the people who are boastful now sometimes what happens in our deen is that there's the surat of something and the hakikat of something surat means it's outward appearance it's likeness and hakikat means it's reality. So it might be somebody was just walking fast because they had to catch a flight or... But you should always be careful. Even with this, because the way Allah explained it, وَلَا تَمْشِفِ marahan. Don't even, that's the outward, apparently, don't outwardly, apparently walk on this earth with a boastful swagger. So this is why people used to be careful even how they walk at these things in Quran. So they would want to walk, no, I don't want to walk in a way. Even if maybe in my heart at that moment I wasn't feeling fakhr at all. But I don't want to walk in this way because Allah told me don't walk like that. So it's not just about walking. I don't want to talk like that. I don't want to behave like that. I don't want to do anything like that. I don't want to have any outward behavior that resembles or is similar, let alone identical, to the outward behavior of somebody who is both fully arrogant. So this is, this is, and this is uh, in Surah Luqman, where Luqman al-Hakim gives many advices to his son also. So this is a teaching of our deen, that the zahir does have an effect on the batna. In fact, Allah is giving this cure for haq, that if you feel this boastfulness, change the way you walk, it will cure you. So the outward mannerism, the outward demeanor, Outward andaz, tars, and I'm going to pick on you. It's not exactly related, but I'm going to walk out the father tongue. So, because I said there were tars, and I remembered another word, tans! Unfortunately, some some people in Pakistan, other places in the world also, there's a certain particular style of tans that takes place here. It is taking Yeah. Even our game has Yari Shogun, huh? Shogun put the soap in the skunk of Shogun Kate, huh? 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 Maya, look Shogun, right? 
Shabal is used in our deen to mean a person who is really deeply engaged, yani busy, deeply engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, such that mashgul an dunya, that's what Shabal meant, mashgul an dunya, that they're too engaged in the remembrance and the worship of Allah Ta'ala to be aware of the world. The tongues, mocking, jesting, sarcasm, cynicism, pessimism, right? These things should be avoided. These are the things that a person has to change about their outward self. Originally, the true Sufis were people of character. It wasn't just some, you know, type of clothing or size of imama or length of beard. It meant their character was free of these things. They didn't walk like that. They didn't walk the walk and talk the talk. Yeah, this is a New York slang. They did not walk the walk and they did not talk the talk. Hmm? Different, different type of people. Different type of people. But right after that, it's deep because Allah is just mentioning a way of walking. Then indeed Allah Ta'ala will not love, will never love, can never love. Everyone, any, any and everyone who is arrogant and fahur, who is boastful. Alright? Now, the person who walks like that, it's also the fahur sometimes can be in a person's wealth, can be in a person's education. I once had a person write me an email like that. Um, I have, you know, so listing all the degrees to me. Boastfulness, pride. Hmm? Boastfulness, pride. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have that. Ajit, guess who had the first fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guess. He's there like in every every topic. Allah Akbar. First being to have a real Iblis. The first one to have other Iblis. Hmm? Allah Akbar Kabina. Ajit. And who was absolutely pure and free of all these things, Sayyidina Rasulullah, Sallallahu The best of creation and the worst of creation. This is the contrast when you're talking about character. The character of Iblis versus the character of Sayyidina Rasulullah, Sallallahu This is the contrast. And it's good to portray this sharp contrast. Because then it flushes it out and makes a person realize. It makes a person realize. Then, uh, in another place, Allah says in Quran, not about Fakr, but about the Krimbun. Sa'asrifu an ayati, sa'asrifu an ayati al-lazina yatakammaluna fil ardi bighayl al-haq. Allah says, we will turn them away from our verses of revelation. We won't let them take heed from them, be guided from them. Or it can be we turn them away from our signs in creation that otherwise would lead a person to know and to believe in Allah. Those who adopt pride and arrogance on earth, even though it's untrue for them to do so, they have no warrant and authority from Allah to do so. Others I will deprive them of Hidayah. And the takabur they're doing is to makhluk. 
that they're being arrogant and prideful toward makhluk, Allah Ta'ala Khalaq is saying, I will deprive them of the hidayah that will lead them to me. Over there also, Nayib the Buddha, this is also a very strong thing, Sa'asrifu an ayati. When Allah Ta'ala diverts someone and turns someone away, how can they ever find it? Why? Because of their takamur. Because of their arrogance on earth. And Allah Ta'ala mentions another place in the Quran, كَذَلَكَ يَقْبَعُ اللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ كَلْبِ مُتَكَمْبَلٍ جَبَّارٍ Thus does Allah Ta'ala stamp his seal on each and every single part and every mutakabbir, every jabbar. Mutakabbir again is a person of prideful arrogance and jabbar means that out of their pride and arrogance they compels, com- compellingly affect someone. They're jabbar, jabbar, jabbar. They are severe oppressors and uh, of other people. And another ayah of the Quran simply, إِنَّهُ لَا يُهِبُّ لَا يُهِبُّ الْمُسْتَقْبِرِينَ مُسْتَقْبِرِينَ So if you remember, this is istif'al, and it was taqa'u taqambur, and it was manjandra kibar. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُهِبُّ الْمُسْتَقْبِرِينَ They're seeking arrogance. They want to be arrogant. That's it's a, it's a way to say they're extremely, intensely, deeply arrogant. Extremely, intensely, deeply arrogant. So it begins from Ujub and Fakh, then it goes to Kibr, then to Takambur, then Istikbar. Then Istikbar. So the reason we mention all these in sequence is because this is the root. And you may remember many times we tell you the Shaykh Ashafali Tanjanta I mentioned that this Ujub, and you can also say Fakh, is the last thing to go out from a person's heart, the last illness to be removed. Because a person always remains a little bit vain, a little bit conceited, a little bit praising of their self. It's really hard. It's easy to say that. Yes, we should think of ourselves as nothing. It's really hard not to think of yourself as something. It's very hard. As soon as you think of yourself as something, it's ujub. And this, the first beginning is ujub. You can think like this, that ujub is the boiling water. Fakr is the first ray of steam that comes out. And then it goes up to Kibir, Sikabur, Istikbar. Now, some ulama, Imam Ghazali, Rimulatala, uh, actually said that ilm leads to Ujub al And he used to because he was very much a training ulama. He said the ulama, of all people, ulama are in the greatest danger of Ujub al why? Because it's a genuinely praiseworthy characteristic to be knowledgeable about your deen. Genuine reason. But they will get, they can be in danger of this. They can, in the Imam al-Ghazali, it's not some hair alim saying that, one of the greatest ulama. So Allah Ta'ala had addressed this in the Quran when he said, uh, the ilmin alim, that on top of every person who has ilm is somebody who has more knowledge or al-alim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So to keep a person humble. To keep a person humble.
and people take proper or have uh, prideful, prideful boastfulness about different things. One may be a person's lineage, nasab, family background. A second can be a person's wealth, money, affluence. Third can be a person's education, pedigree. Fourth can be a person's job, position, status. Many things. There's so many things due to which a person can have this boastful arrogance. So we might be free of one, two, three, four, five, six different types of arrogance, but if we look deeply, we might surely find some type of arrogance in us. Then Ibn Atha'ilah al-Iskandari Malatala said, Jeep, so that if you manage to do this tazkiyah and purify your heart of all these different types of fakhr and ujub and boastful arrogance and pride and vanity, such that you get humility, and then you're aware of your humility, he said your awareness of your humility is your arrogance. You're being aware and self-conscious of your humility, that is your arrogance. And he's 100% right. This is the one that's the last one to go. This is what Shaykh Hashem was also pointing to. You get aware of your sifa. If you're aware of your tahajjud, it's arrogance. If you're aware of your haya, that you did lower your gaze, it's arrogance. If you're aware of how many fajrs you paid consecutively in the masjid, it's your arrogance. Your awareness, just your awareness of that. So then to negate a person's awareness of it, hmm? to negate your person's awareness, to negate a person's own awareness, of their good sifat, and specifically this one, humility, is a very difficult thing to do. That is what is then that final polish that is done by the zikr of Allah Taala. Because when you become perfectly aware of Allah Taala, then you become perfectly unaware of your humility. So the only way then to not be aware of the good dini attributes that a person might get, whether it's their ilm or their haya or their ad, their humility, was to be so deep in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala that they're too busy being aware of his excellence and his sifat and his wonders to notice any good in themselves. And second, what happens with the deep zikr is when they're so aware of that azmat and ulu, that greatness and exaltedness of Allah Taala, they won't notice any good thing on them, right? I mean, like we always teach and give you examples of cars. So if you're at an auto show and you see the whatever latest future model of Mercedes, and it happens to be a Suzuki also that somebody just washed, I'll be service with. It's clean, but you won't notice the auto being clean. Because you are focusing on the future 2020 visionary model of the Mercedes, right? So when a person is in thicker, they are focusing on the higher attributes, Allah subhanahu And therefore they don't notice the lesser attributes that they may have inside themselves. And another way to get this humility was sugar. So what Imam Malud said that humility naturally gives rise to sugar. In our deen, these things can work both ways. So you can reverse it. Then if I have more sugar to Allah, I will be more humble. The more grateful and the more appreciative I am for whatever good qualities I have, 
appreciating them and thanking Allah Ta'ala and praising Allah Ta'ala for that quality will help me become unaware of that quality. In other words, if a person wants to be, to go back to Ibn Al-Ta'ala, to be unaware of their humility, then, ah, uh, they should be more consciously shakur, appreciative and grateful of that humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the more they praise Allah ta'ala for any humility they see in themselves, the less that awareness of humility would make them arrogant. And the last thing he mentioned was rul. Rul means that it's a different type of humility. He translated it as humiliation. It means slightly lowering yourself in front of others. Slightly submissing, being submissive, subjugating yourself in front of others. So that was at the end he pointed out that no, being being submissive to Allah Ta'ala is one thing, and being submissive to creation is something else. Now with Allah Ta'ala complete abject servitude slave with up, but in front of others you don't have to go that low. And especially if there are people who are from Ahl Dunya, then you must as a person of being, as a mu'min, you must maintain your self-respect and dignity and not defer and bow to people due to worldly reasons. Because in our deen, inna akramakum illallahi akramakum, that the most honored of people for Allah subhanahu are the ones who have the most taqwa. So we should not have deference uh, maybe deference would be a good way to translate dul. We should not have that deference for worldly reasons. Alright? And you would see that also in the people who had noble, pure, virtuous character. They would be soft. They would be gentle. They would be kind. They would be humble. But they wouldn't defer to the wealthy. They wouldn't defer to the rulers. They wouldn't bow to the people of them. They wouldn't have that aspect in them. Yes, they wouldn't have friction with them either. They wouldn't have confrontations with them either. They wouldn't be arrogant and view themselves as better than them in being either. But they wouldn't bow and defer to them. Alright? So these were two topics that we did today. And inshallah, we will continue this for the next two days. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونا من الصادقين يا الله يرضي كريم ونغفر غلط ما قارت غلط ما جزت ربنا جلنا بمهاب في أي نعمسن أي جلبي مهاب في أي مسلم أي جلبي مهاب في أي فرند فاملي نير ديروان ربنا كريم ربنا all of the envy from our heart that led to this hell ربنا all the hell in our heart that can lead to envy Make us ra'uf with each other, make us rahim with each other. Grant us the heart of Nabiya Kareem, grant us his sifat and akhlaq, grant us his batin and kifiyat. Ya Allah ibn Bikareem, Allah forgive us for all the times we acted out of that anger, or we spoke out of that anger, or we made bad intentions and bad thoughts out of that anger. Ya Allah ibn Bikareem, oh, you were the one who would be justifiably angry with us. And out of your karam and fuzzle, out of your being halim, you have waived your justifiable anger to us. And in Bikrim, we ask that you train us to wave our anger towards others, to overlook others, to forgive others, Ya Rabbi Kareem. 
many other ayat did you take all the kafir and kufur from our heart, all the kafir and ujub from our heart, prevent us from being kufur, prevent us from every boastfulness, every pride, every vanity, every conceit, then I'm making all praises only to you. If we have anything, it is only from you, it is only for you, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and I grant us that humility, grant us that zikr, Ya Rabbi, make us so lost in our remembrance and worship that we no longer even notice our good attributes, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us from your zakirin, mu'mineen, make us from your salihin, mu'mineen, make us from your mukhlasin, mukhlasin, make us from your sadiqin, sadiqin, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us and raise us in the day of judgment, and grant us the company and the note of for those of all the Vinabiin and Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Rabbi, are his Ummah. Just like you bestowed our Nabi Kareem Sallallahu with humility, grant us humility. The same way you bestowed him with freedom of will and rancor and anger, that will free our hearts from these things. Then it became, let us be brethren to each other, ifwan to each other in this world. Let us put peace and love and harmony between all the hearts of believers, between all the homes of believers, between all the families and communities of believers, between all the groups and sets of believers. Then it became, grant us ittihad in our heart, ittihad in our heart, grant us muhabbah in our heart. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and we ask that you send your special rahmah on us in Ramadan. Ya Rabbi, we ask that you fix our batin in Ramadan. Train our batin in Ramadan. Take out all the amraz of the kulub. Take out all the disease of our hearts. Grant us a kalbun salim. Purify our heart, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana, takamma minna innaka anta salimun alim. Qutubu alayna innaka anta tawabu rahim. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala alihi sayyidina Muhammad. Wala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Mirahmatika ya arhamal rahim.